Hey, welcome to Kiss the Wild, the podcast with me, your host, Kristen Wright. I so far have just been doing some personal shares on this podcast. I hope to one day get some folks on here to interview, but right now I'm just sharing information that I feel is in support of you connecting to your wild, authentic self. And specifically today, I want to share about how to feel more in tune with your wants and needs. So we're going to look at how we've all inherited the good girl sort of archetype inside and how that can be keeping us from our truth, from really living out loud, from living unapologetically, and instead how we can connect more to our wild essence, how we can begin to make choices and decisions from our deep desires, feeling really confident and safe to make those choices and decisions from within, and even unapologetic. So stay tuned. Okay, my friend, so without sounding like a broken record, my kids are sick again, which has made it, you know, really hard to show up in this space, but I am capitalizing on a nap window right now, so hopefully I will get everything out that I want to say before my littlest one wakes up. Right now we are in the season of autumn here on Vancouver Island. It's November 3rd. 2022 so we just celebrated Halloween and I've been sort of in the space of honoring my ancestors through this Celtic sort of turning of the wheel known as Samhain and so I had a really beautiful um, ritual outside in nature with my daughter the other day where we collected you know bits of nature we took some herbal medicines from the garden and Um, just tried to make a little nature mandala, like a nature altar, to really honor and give gratitude to our ancestors. We fed them with some apples and some rose hips, although um, the rose hips were more to symbolize abundance, but we took our lunch and we just hung out and yeah, just offered some gratitude for our life, for each other, for the world that we're in right now, um, for all our ancestors have done for us, and for all that's to come really through the choices that we're making right now. And I just wanted to share that with you because I feel like what I've been feeling into is um, just how deeply sensual and alive fall feels for me, which is interesting because you know the season of fall and autumn is really about death and decay and yet there seems to be like a depth of color and um, a depth to the smells that just really connect me to my sensual self that really bring me inward I feel almost really connected to my root Um, and to the sensational language of my body like there's just a real sensational sort of awareness to the season I think when we are open to it and what that really brought up in me usually the way I celebrate um, this time of the year and celebrating my ancestors 
is by you know having an indoor altar and bringing some of their photos out and you know lighting candles and maybe pouring a little bit of wine or brandy and some honey for them and you know giving thanks that way but I just felt really called to get outside this year and because of this aliveness and I felt like the best some of the best parts about living is sort of the carnal pleasures of being in a physical body you know being able to taste you know taste the sweetness of honey to taste the crispness crisp crispiness the crispness in the fall air um to smell the fall to smell you know delicious food to to feast um to to see the vibrant colors in the world around me to hug my child to feel so deeply you know there's just so much sensational um beauty and gifts and being alive being in physical bodies and yet you know this is one of the places that we have really been made to feel a lot of shame being in our body a lot of us have a hard time being in our bodies and so i just feel like what a gift it is to to connect to a body to be alive and what a what a wonderful way to honor our ancestors by you know being in our aliveness by celebrating our bodies and yeah i think it's really beautiful that both can exist you know that there's this beautiful season of aliveness but also um you know death and that we need both we really need both and that's a lot about this conversation too today in that when we want to connect to our truth and and know ourselves more deeply it's so nuanced like being a human is so nuanced <laughs> And I'm feeling that too in this season right now is that, um, you know, I can, I'm having some of the, I'm experiencing and living through some of the hardest days of my life right now with sleep deprivation and sick children with, you know, like there's a lot of, um, as a primary caregiver, I'm giving a lot right now. There's a lot being asked of me and I'm running on fairly low resources and yet I'm also deeply connected to the abundance and beauty. I'm feeling like awe in the world around me and connected to gratitude and, and feeling in my power as like a coach and a leader um, with my clients and yeah, feeling joy and pleasure. And so those two things can exist. And I think we're often made to feel like we only get one, right? And so bringing it back to what I was original, the original thought that I had is often we get so far from our truth because we're, you know, sawing off parts of ourselves, the parts of us that society or culture or our caregivers, our friends have sort of, you know, made us feel are not acceptable, that don't meet their approval. And then in return, you know, reaching for these, you know, quote unquote, more acceptable ways of being, which is often, you know, like the people pleaser and the good girl. 
And those take us really, really, really far from our truth. And so when we want to come back to our authentic self, we have to be in the space of holding the nuance of all of who we are, you know, reclaiming all of who we are as power, um, as truth. And the reason I felt called to have this conversation is because it's sort of been in my field, um, so to speak. You know, it, it interestingly came up in a, a couple of calls last week where the women I was working with, you know, one of their, their desires were to feel more in tune with wants and needs, to really want to connect with that part of themselves, to know what they want, to feel confident and unapologetic in those wants to connect with their sort of authentic sexual selves. Um, But yeah, to kind of have that unwavering, unconditional love for self also to show up in their worth um, through this, you know, through this feeling really in tune with themselves, with their wants and their needs. So I think when it's kind of in the vortex, it's there for everyone. It's you know, probably something that more than just a couple people are feeling. And so we're going to dive into it today. So let's get into it. Yeah, the good girl, you know, it's ingrained in all of us that the way to acceptance, to love, to safety and belonging is by subtly shutting down, you know, parts of us that don't meet approval and expectations and that starts from a really young age like when you even think about you know what you probably grew up on in Disney movies and how the heroines were portrayed in those movies you know often as like a Disney princess or um yeah somebody who has like kind of lobbed off parts of themselves in order to you know, like maybe walk away with the Prince Charming kind of thing um, as sort of this belief that being in love or having someone to come and rescue us and save us is the way to sort of gain approval in our lives. And that's not just in Disney, that's in stories that we read. I I notice it even with the stories that I'm reading my daughter, especially... um, yeah, really deep sort of imprinted stories that have lasted throughout the ages, you know, culturally. Um, The ones where there is like that, those strong archetypes. And who is ostracized in those stories is often the witch, you know, or the medicine woman, the hag, the crone. You know, we really love to put um, in our society aging as, you know, a weakness or a fault. And in doing so, we are, you know, on the constant quest to drink the sort of elixir of youth. But that keeps us stuck. That keeps us stuck in that maidenhood, in that powerless place. There is so much power when we reclaim you know, for example, the crone or the hag, you know, think of how much energy we waste trying to look, you know, societally acceptable, like through conventional beauty standards. Um, 
when that power could be going into creating systemic change and really standing up for what we believe in. Um, which is hard if we if we're always on the treadmill, you know, like if we're always running on the treadmill, always running from ourselves or running towards some perfect version of ourselves, like this is literally and metaphorically, then we are going to be trapped in a cycle of not knowing what we want, you know, not feeling connected to what matters to us. And so I, what I see and feel a lot in society also is like the shoulding that we do. So it's like we should show up and look, be, act a certain way. And sometimes we get so far down the shooting rabbit hole, we don't even realize what we're doing. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I should get this job. I should get this house. I should get this car. I should date this person. I should have kids. I should, you know, I should, I should, I should, I should go to college. Um, without ever stopping to think like, what actually do I want from this life? And the flip side of that is that wanting has also been something that can feel, you know, really scary. There can be a lot of shame in wanting. And again, that can come from a really young age in learning that like our wants and our needs don't matter. To be a good girl, we're compliant. And so stepping outside of this box, I just want to name, can be really tricky and feel really painful. And often when we are stepping outside of this box, we have to create, you know, safety inside of our bodies, inside of our nervous systems. When we are, you know, making choices that go against the grain versus what we've been told we should make. There's got to be a lot of um, resourcing in our own sense of enoughness, giving our own self um, approval, giving our own self love, while also simultaneously, you know, empowering or taking back the power from these places inside of us that we have been made to feel aren't good enough. Whether that's your dimpled thighs, whether that's, you know, your vulva, whether that's the way you feel really emotional often or your sacred rage, whether that's, yeah, the things that you want to do if you want to be an artist versus go to law school, you know, <laughs> there can be a lot of ways that the power has maybe been taken from us or we've made to feel shame or we've put ourselves in boxes or we've gotten really small. So I want to just offer a few ways to begin to start to connect with your authentic self and obviously this is just a launching pad there is many many ways that we can start to peel back the layers but we'll just go over a few things here so first things first I want to talk about you know connecting to the seasonal lens of living and our cyclical nature so in society we've kind of glorify um, even keelness like we over glorify when someone is just one emotional state which is generally like happy joyful calm easy you know productive 
and um, you know goal orientated on the move continually like going and doing I think that's kind of most of it where and that you know that is a way to keep us in a state of burnout to keep us um, exhausted to keep us feeling small because we aren't actually you know these linear beings that can just go 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 we are cyclical by nature so by nature we aren't really meant to feel like happy all month long there are times in the month where we will feel like that happiness comes easier but there are times in the month where we might feel like an inward pull where we might feel grief where we might feel a little ragey a little cagey and often when we get to those places we can heap on a hella dose of shame right why do i feel this way why am i acting this way and there's a self-responsibility in there you know if we are just like reaching out and jerking other people's chains and being assholes then we need to take responsibility for that um but there are ways to be in connection with our emotional landscape with our inner landscape that are healthy uh, without shame and you know are about having acceptance and through that acceptance we can take some of that charge off of that you know those emotions because our emotions do have a beginning a middle and an end and so if we don't allow them to cycle through then we are creating more stress in our bodies more resistance to the truth of who we are you know as folks who are emotional beings so when we honor our cyclical nature and we allow what is to be we are able to get into greater relationship with who we are we are able to come into deeper communion with what it is that we want and so it's recognizing that in nature we have you know spring summer fall winter those are generally where you live in the world but there are four distinct seasons and we see different sort of energies in each season we don't expect for example you know a flower or a tree to bloom all year long nature goes inwards and rejuvenates and rebuilds and so you too have that ability in your own you know psyche in your own body and we can notice this within ourselves when we pay attention to our menstrual cycle so there are you know distinct hormonal shifts and changes that happen throughout a month as well as you know physical things that are happening in our body physical changes throughout a month and energetic shifts and changes we have the 
menstrual phase, which is the first part of the cycle. And then we head into the follicular, which is where we are heading into um, the phase between menstruation and ovulation. And that's kind of like our inner spring. Menstruation is like um, winter. And then we have ovulation, which is like summer. And then we have the luteal phase, which can be for a lot of people, the hardest phase of a cycle. And that is sort of the fall. And what I find is that as a society, we typically really push through the fall, the harvest, you know, this time, this of, you know, death and decay and of harvesting what's there and letting go of what's not in preparation for menstruation. And so beginning to honor your cyclical nature through your menstrual cycle can be hugely liberating. Um, I have found that the shifts that have happened in my own life are um, a better relationship to food. I used to be the kind of person in my luteal phase before menstruation when I didn't honor where I was at, like when I didn't honor my need for rest, when I didn't honor or listen to the emotions that I was experiencing, like maybe sometimes it was anger or grief or frustration. Um, I would be reaching for like potato chips and chocolate and like really binging. Whereas now when I look at, okay, maybe this rage is here because of a lack of boundary someplace else. What, you know, what can I do to support myself in this moment? And how can I honor my need for rest? How can I slow down? What can I take off my plate right now? Um, those insane food cravings or that like wild quote unquote bitchiness that I would experience kind of dissolved into the background. I don't experience that as much anymore. So there's some real gifts there. <laughs> and if you are someone who is no longer menstruating, you can honor your cyclical nature by appreciating where the moon is in the night sky. So we also have the ability, if we are not on hormonal birth control, to cycle with the moon. And whether we are menstruating or not, we can notice where the moon is in the sky and take our cues from the moon. So the new moon, the dark moon, that time is a time of inward. That is the winter season of our, you know, monthly cycle. And then as we flow into um, the full moon, you know, this period of waxing, we are in the spring. When we enter into full moon, we are in summer. And when we are into the waning moon, we are in the fall. So you can also look at the cyclical lens throughout your day. Like generally we have um, times of the day where we feel, you know, maybe more alive and productive and times of the day where we feel less so and we can sort of work with our own needs in that capacity. That's not always possible. And with anything, I think with this stuff, it's not about like making huge waves, waves or huge changes in your life if that doesn't feel possible. For example, like I was sharing honoring that need for rest or slowing down, but we can make 1% shifts. We can make small shifts here and there that can really, you know, um, swing the pendulum on, in our favor. So connecting to the seasonal lens of living, honoring your cyclical nature, that is one way to sort of come back into alignment and in tune with your wants and needs. 
The next thing, you know, within that is sort of this work of emotional liberation um, and feeling okay, honoring our emotions, not making them bad or shoving them away in favor of being good or nice or pleasing, but rather, you know, allowing what is there room to breathe. And so that might mean that, you know, we take a moment to really feel into our experience. So rather than like, oh, that's an uncomfortable feeling, I'm going to shove it away. Or um, why am I feeling like this? I'm just going to continue to reach for happiness or pretend that everything's okay or put on my brave face. It's about like really being real with your personal experience. I am really working or like coming back to the wisdom of connecting emotion with sensation so that's one way to to sort of take the charge off of emotion to really feel it but to not get into the story of it because sometimes the story can serve us but sometimes the story can be um, a way to downward spiral deeper into um, you know thoughts that can feel harmful or hard um, and keep us sort of trapped in that emotion so I like to feel into you know maybe I'm feeling that sadness or I'm feeling grief it's like what where do I feel that in my body you know where am I feeling that anger in my body okay it feels like a clenching in my chest what happens if I breathe into that clenching in my chest what happens if I just get really comfortable with that clenching in my chest oh I feel like I want to roll my shoulders now okay what happens if I roll my shoulders oh I can take a deeper breath that feels a lot better and and before you know it then you're kind of back into anchored into yourself so uh, honoring our emotional landscape our inner landscape also a beautiful way to stay connected and in tune with our wants and needs and then i want to talk about connecting to our pussies to our vulvas it's often the first place that we disconnect from where you know we've been made to feel is naughty or bad or something that we should feel uncomfortable with and so really taking a look about this very center of our being and how we feel about it and reclaiming it as a very important part of our body because a lot of us are living from the waist up and so when we can live from the waist down and claim all of our bodies there's a huge power in that right so even noticing what comes up for you when I say vulva or when I say pussy, or when I say vagina, these are the stories that you have inherited about your own body. And the invitation is to just begin to connect, whether that's like a hand over your vulva daily and just noticing like, just saying hi, hi vulva, hi body. <laughs> Maybe paying attention to the sensations that are there. Um, and then you can take it further and get intimate with a hand mirror if you want, you know, really gaze upon yourself again, noticing what thoughts or feelings arise and noticing if those are stories, if that's your truth or those are stories that you have been handed down. So when you, you know, can fully claim your vulva 
your vagina, your womb, your menstrual cycle, then you really get to be whole, right? You get to move through the world as a whole person, which is pretty freaking awesome. Not only that, there is a real disempowerment when we are disconnected from our anatomy, from our vulvas, from our vagina, when we don't have you know, names for our anatomical parts, when we don't have a language for our body, it can keep us disempowered in the bedroom and in medical spaces like birthing spaces or during your monthly or sorry, yearly, maybe pap or checkup. I don't think they do them yearly anymore, but you know what I mean? Like having a language for your body is deeply empowering. So it's a really wonderful way to begin to connect with yourself to feel empowered in all of yourself and that's why i offered it to you here today another way to you know connect to the lower half of your body i find a beautiful way to do this if you know like getting a hand mirror and gazing at your vulva feels like a step um that you're not super comfortable with right in this moment I would suggest then starting with music. So putting on a song that feels like a hip, a hip swayer, and then doing just that, like swaying your hips while staying, like focusing on the sensations in your hips, you know, bringing your awareness, your breath down into your womb space or down into your vulva. You can take that moment then to even cup your vulva or stroke your vulva and start to really connect to this part of your body. And that kind of leads me to another way to tune into your wants and needs and to be more connected with your whole, you know, vibrant, unapologetic self is through the portal of your pleasure, through your sensual nature, your sexuality, reclaiming pleasure as power, as fuel, as um, a way to bring you into greater alignment with yourself so again you know because we are such a sort of go 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 goal-driven society we often put pleasure on the back burner and pleasure can look many different ways it doesn't just look erotic or sexual although erotic you know pleasure erotic the the erotic is power It is that archetype inside of us, you know, maybe that's the seductress, the temptress, the wild woman that has really been squashed out of our psyches. And so when we can claim, you know, that we actually have the ability to turn ourselves on, that we have the ability to make ourselves feel really, really good, that is power, right? That is coming into truth that is coming into alignment with our needs and our wants and so using pleasure whether that's like what we tuned into earlier about our cyclical nature whether that's like pleasure looks like rest you know or pleasure looks like enjoying a delicious meal pleasure looks like yeah making out with your honey at the end of the day Um, pleasure looks like drinking a cup of coffee in the sunlight whatever it is it's a way to really stay in alignment and in in tune with our most authentic self that is constantly seeking joy right that is when you think about 
you know, who you are when you came into this world, you were like a little pleasure joy beam, you know, like you're really only looking for, for pleasure and for comfort. And, you know, our society is just not set up to nurture that in people, especially in women. And so often we project our feel good onto other people. We wait for someone else to come and make us feel good, right? And that can be a real problem. It's like what I shared in the beginning, you know, when we look at sort of the Disney princesses and how they wait for someone to come and rescue them. We can spend our whole lifetime waiting for someone to make us feel good, to have our happy ever after, rather than taking sort of the radical self-responsibility and meeting our own needs. And in doing that, you know, coming back into a greater relationship with the truth of who we are. So speaking about meeting needs, I want to talk a little bit about the inner child work and sort of the work of reparenting the parts of ourselves that struggle to feel adequate or worthy or fear abandonment or you know struggle to let go or who feel guilty for standing up for yourself you know the the little people pleaser the nice girl inside and so a way that we can get into deeper connection with ourselves is is beginning to appreciate and understand when we you know, notice these parts of ourselves acting up, whether that's like a fear of conflict or like I said, a fear to speak up, um, you know, feeling unworthy, those kinds of things. And rather than, you know, subtly shun or shove away those feelings, holding ourselves with compassion and then even maybe setting a boundary, like a good, loving parent would. So a way to feel more connected to what it is you want in your life is noticing when you are acting or reacting from sort of wounded, childish parts inside of you and giving yourself compassion in those moments, maybe even, you know, love and care or meeting a need, whether that's like needing to feel a sense of acceptance or approval or even a sense of safety. And by safety, I mean in the context that, you know, for example, if you're having a trouble speaking up, then offering yourself safety, like noticing where my body, do I feel really safe in this moment? Can I anchor into that sensation of safety and give that to myself? while also speaking up, right? So it's like, let's reparent those parts of ourselves while empowering identities or aspects of our being that are in greater alignment with our truth so that we don't fall into old patterns of behavior that don't really serve us, that aren't getting us to the places that we wanna be in life. So within this conversation around empowering identities, I want to talk about, and this is the last thing I want to talk about, is the identity of the wild woman, the archetype of the wild woman connecting with our wild and authentic selves. So 
when I say, you know, wild archetype, what does that spring inside of you? What do you think? What image comes to mind? Is it like a wolf howling at the moon? Is it like a woman dressed in fur coat? Is it like Angelina Jolie in, I don't know, whatever that movie is where she's dressed in leather? You know, <laughs> what do you think about what sort of attributes do you connect to being that wild sort of archetype? And how can you begin to embody that more in your life? So I mentioned about, you know, putting a song on and dancing and connecting to your vulva. Um, That reminds me of a practice that has been so important to me this last year in postpartum, which is like a morning ritual. And within that ritual, I light a candle. I might pull some cards for the day, but I also play a song. I dance with my body and I use that dance to sort of really connect to what's alive inside of me for that day to really honor you know my emotional state my cyclical being so the music changes depending on my mood i use it to match my mood to honor where i'm at take deep breaths into my body i move in a way that really supports my aliveness and then i take a moment like i check in with what i need and then i work to connect to an identity that's really going to serve me for my day so right now I am working with like an inner empress because I'm finding like the days are really hard and there's like a real inner victim that comes out inside of me that just feels like, why me? I don't want to be here. This isn't how I want to live my life. And so I really want to hold that part of me is that experience is real. You know, it is really hard right now. And I really want to love that part of me that feels really challenged. But I also don't want to live from that place because feeling like a victim to my life is only going to stay me you know it's keeping me from present moment solutions so I'm then connecting to a part of me that feels like it can handle you know where I'm at right now that that knows that can that can parent and love the part of me that's struggling and then can make choices that are in greater alignment with you know, how I really desire to show up and what I really desire from my life right now. So when we're only living from the places of like people pleasing and good girl and nice girl and, you know, these, these cultural scripts that keep us really small and disconnected, we can begin to start asking like where we're shooting all over ourselves. you know, that's something else that you can connect to if you decide to do like a morning ritual like what what do I have in my day today that's like a should and what is for me what is my desire connecting with that each day like what is my intention for today what do I desire from today what do I desire from this week or this month what do I desire from this year and what part of me what part of me that's more connected to the authentic truth of who I am can support me in getting there. In the wild woman, I see her as someone who cuts right to sort of blood and bone, you know, like right to the heart, the truth that doesn't have any fucks to give, you know, that is unapologetic, that 
you know, goes her own way. And actually, that's such a beautiful ending to this. You know, I started off talking about honoring our ancestors and honoring our lineage through our aliveness. And I think like when we can stay connected to the truth of who we are, when we can take off what we've told we should be or who we should be, and that can be related to the stories, the ways of being that have been passed down through our lineage, when we can take that off of our backs, like uh, out of our invisible backpack, we can free ourselves up to really stand in our power and go our own way. And in doing that, we're not just healing ourselves, we're healing, you know, the generations, our ancestors that are yet to come. So, you know, this work is, is so potent and I'm excited for you to lean in and to really own all of who you are, to begin to connect to your deeper wants and needs and this work of honoring all of who you are. It's, it's such a way to feel just really turned on to your life, you know, versus being in that place of shoulding. So I got to go get my kid from preschool. It's time for me to head out. Thank you for listening and stay wild, friends. I look forward to connecting again real soon. If you enjoyed the show, please go ahead and leave me a five-star rating or review. If not, no worries. That's cool. I wish you all the best. And definitely check out my website, therightkristin.com. You'll learn more about the work I do in the world, the courses that I offer, and the many other ways that I would love to support you in stepping more deeply into your own authentic truth and sensual well-being.